0: Welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast, featuring interviews that take us deeper into the people and happenings on the local scene. For more podcasts and a closer look at what's going on in the Valley, visit us at valleyadvocate.com. Hello, welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast. My name is Dave Eisenstadter, I'm the editor of The Valley Advocate. I'm here with Chris Godreau, associate editor of The Valley Advocate, who wrote a really extensive story about uh, the use of natural gas, activism related to, to natural gas. It's called, Could It Happen Here? Gas Explosion in Merrimack Valley Hangs Over New Pipeline Efforts. Um, now, the Merrimack Valley explosion, of course, happened about a year ago. The, uh, the explosion uh, took out um, about a billion dollars worth of damage, uh, injured 25 people, and cause one death. Um, Chris, welcome. Thanks. Well, for, thank, thank you having. Yeah, uh,
1: thank you for having me on, Dave. Yeah, Appreciate thanks it. for
0: thanks for doing this. And um, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, about what the kind of the reaction to that explosion was, and some of the um, the research that went into how it happened, why it happened, and how to prevent happening it again.
1: Well, as many people remember, this was a very huge news story when it happened. Um, um, the ex the explosions were very widespread over several different communities, and as you mentioned, resulted in a billion dollars worth of damage. Um, really, after uh, the whole uh, gas explosion incident, uh, Governor Baker uh, uh, basically ordered uh, a comprehensive independent assessment um, of the gas systems in Massachusetts uh, because Massachusetts uses a lot of gas. There's several million people um that rely on natural gas uh, across the state um but uh kind of meanwhile uh there's this other group of 20 it's a coalition of 20 different kind of non-profits and kind of gas uh data analyzing groups Uh, from across the state called uh, Gas Leaks Allies, and they just published um, a new report uh, September 13th called Rolling the Dice Assessment of Gas System Safety in Massachusetts. Um, They covered... uh, uh, way more <laughs> topics than than this 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 story did as uh, even though I went I think pretty in depth uh, with this topic um their 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 piece was uh, around 60 pages if if not more and um they 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 were essentially looking about uh uh like is natural gas safe does it have a future in Massachusetts and uh, the conclusion is no. It, hmm. it, it Long-term, it doesn't have a future because there are more renewable energy sources, um, whether that be wind, solar, um, geothermal, that could be far more uh, beneficial and have less of the climate impact as well. Um, so, you know, that, that report was out there and it made me uh, want to look at, um, you know... Our local gas infrastructure, and and not only that, but the leaks that are happening, the gas leaks that are happening in Western Massachusetts. What dangers do they pose? Um, well, kind of looking at the future and and kind of brainstorming um, uh, what uh, the uh, what Western Mass's energy uh, infrastructure might look in, in the future. So,
0: it's interesting because. So the report came out, the Rolling the Dice came out uh, on the one-year anniversary from the Merrimack Valley Explosions. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is looking at, um, yeah, gas as being in some ways too dangerous to be sustainable. Even just in the title, Rolling the Dice, you kind of get that sense of that, you know, this explosion happened once, maybe it could happen again. Do, you know... Do people locally here in Western Massachusetts think that um, that we're just rolling the dice and, and that 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 this will happen sometime in Western Massachusetts?
1: Well, there are a lot of different opinions about the uh, regarding uh, that topic uh, from the the people who I spoke with. Um, uh, some local elected officials thought, you know, yeah, it, it is dangerous. But look how, how how often gas explosions don't happen. Others um, were more skeptical, uh, such as uh, uh, Tanisha, excuse me, Tanisha Arena, um, uh, executive director of the Rise for Social Justice. Um, She was very worried about uh, gas explosions. There was an explosion that took place in in 2012, I believe, in uh, the city of Springfield, which, um, although no one died, there were people who were injured, and it did level a building and just uh, dis- destroy some nearby near- nearby property windows. It did damage a, lo- a significant portion of
0: that area. You spoke with um, you spoke with uh, the Springfield Fire Commissioner uh, Bernard Calvi, who talked mm-hmm. to you a little bit about um, the. Uh, how they assess gas leaks and what they do to, to um, repair them. Maybe you could talk a little bit about yeah, th- his that was,
1: work. that was a really interesting perspective that he brought uh, to the story. I mean, he... Um uh, I had this data already from uh, this Cambridge uh, based nonprofit called Home Energy Efficient Team, uh, HEAT, H E E T for short. And uh, I was kind of curious um, uh, how these leaks were graded. And um, uh, Commissioner Calvey basically said um, grade one is uh, basically. Those gas leaks that require emergency re- response because they're deemed explosive. Grade two and three are uh, non-explosive, but um, uh, have more or less uh, uh, releasing less gas based on grade three and more gas based on. So grade So one two. is the worst, and two and yeah.
0: three are they might they might not cause explosions, but they are leaking gas. Yeah,
1: and that's something people should be aware of too because um, there, there were uh, several other people who I spoke to said uh, specifically um, a uh, former uh, surveyor of gas lines in the state um, uh, who basically said that just because um, it's deemed a grade two or grade one doesn't mean it doesn't pose a serious health risk. Um, essentially, I mean, like like you you could overlook uh say a grade two, um, and it, there there could be another leak later on that could be pose more of a threat.
0: There are quite a few leaks that take place in many of the communities. One, one you listed here, so the, uh, there were, looks like out of the 1,000 plus um, gas leaks uh, reported in 2018, 697 were repaired and 348 went unrepaired. Yes, uh, that was
1: in the city of Springfield um generally as a rule like the bigger the city is or the bigger the community is the more gas leaks you have because there's more gas infrastructure so it's more likely to leak as opposed to smaller communities um so um yeah uh, uh, of those 697 gas leaks the majority uh, that 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 were repaired, that is. Um, those, those were uh, mostly grade one. So those are the ones where... The more the, dangerous ones. The more dangerous ones. And um, grade, uh, the 348 gas leaks that went unrepaired in 2018 are less serious ones. But at the same time, you have to think, uh, like, we're, it's we're still releasing... Um, greenhouse gases into the atmosphere with those leaks and it's still people are still paying money for those um for that gas that is leaking and it, it does pose, pose uh somewhat of a health risk um at least to um uh, nearby like plants or potentially animals um it's unclear about the health risks to humans but um I mean, I wouldn't want to be breathing in (laughs) natural gas, that's
0: for sure. that's the, right. Um, I I think it's, uh, I mean, so this is sort of the information about leaks and about potential explosions, um, but kind of with that as the backdrop, there are new pipeline and and natural gas projects that are being proposed in western Massachusetts, and part of what you looked at was how... uh, this idea of leaks or about or of potential explosions affected uh, people's activism or, or advocacy either for or against these projects. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about about some of these pr- proposals that are going on. One by the, kind of the most notorious by um, Tennessee Gas, but also by um, Columbia Gas as well.
1: Yeah, um, there, there's a couple of different projects, and they're in various stages, so it's unsure whether uh, these would get approval. I mean, all of these are still in the planning stages and um, haven't very really moved very far. So just wanted to preface that. Um, Tennessee Gas has a project called 20, 261 Up, Upgrade Projects, uh, and that's named for the compressor station 261 in Aguam. Um and uh that would be replacing that compressor system as well as doing uh, some other things uh along the lines of the pipe uh pipeline upgrades um in in Long there's a proposed uh metering station um one which uh was initially proposed to ta- uh, be at the Long Meadow Country Club which is uh zone residential and is literally um, right down the road from an elementary school. Mm. So in in Longmeadow, um, they basically shot that down. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a that was from a, yeah. a
0: special town meeting.
1: Yeah, there was a special town meeting that took place back in August, and um, more than two hundred fifty people voted for this bylaw change, which uh, basically limits where you're placing uh, utility. Um, Infrastructure in the community, so that would be. In, uh, they'd have to uh, ch- kind of change their plans and move it to an agricultural zone area. And um, I, I think people too, uh, uh, at least uh, elected officials in some of the communities, are unsure, like like the the entire scope of this project. I, I know in East Hampton, Mayor La Chapelle was. Um, uh, looking to the state for guidance, but was seemed frustrated that the state wasn't really advising as far as uh, uh, the future of this project. And it, it's really a series of projects, whether it's Tennessee Gas, which is a subsidiary subsidiary of Kinder Morgan, or Columbia Gas, and a lot of these projects are dependent on another project going through. So. um it it all depends on like like how the pieces fit together and which one gets approved and which which doesn't. But um, many people in these communities are concerned because um, because natural gas is an explosive form of energy. It, it's pretty rare that it explodes, thankfully, but it has that potential to wreak havoc nonetheless. And people are concerned about that.
0: And you kind of put it, you kind of alluded to this, but kind of some of the the political leaders that you spoke to had different thoughts. Uh, Mayor, Agawam Mayor William Sapelli uh, seemed that he, he was supportive of um, of uh, natural gas uh, upgrades, maintenance, and, and that sort of thing. Mayor, Holyoke Mayor Alex Morse, on the other hand, is against... Uh, uh, additional pipeline infrastructure um, that people have said might wind up stranded in the ground if we if we do switch over to more uh, renewable sources like solar and wind. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great to get uh, the different perspectives
1: from uh, these local elected officials uh, with uh, Mayor Seppelli and Agawam and um, he viewed this project uh, in his community as just improving on the existing infrastructure that had been there, I think, since uh, for decades. I mean,
0: and some it, of that it looked like was uh, like replacing a six-inch pipe with a twelve-inch pipe. Or, yeah, you know, like yeah, that, that might expand capacity.
1: He wasn't too concerned about that, um, and and he recognizes that eventually the state and the country has to move away from natural gas, that it's inevitable. But he thinks uh, there's a process of weaning uh, our state and uh, our communities off of natural gas that's going to take time, and you can't do it overnight. Um, So that, that, uh, that was a really interesting perspective. And um, Mayor Morse in Holyoke ha- had a different approach. There's currently a moratorium on natural gas in Holyoke and also East Hampton, Northampton, and, uh, several... New, uh, th- new gas hookups. Yeah, new gas... It's a moratorium on new gas hookups. Correct, yes. Um, and so he, he, he was looking, he and his administration are looking at alternatives such as, uh, solar, um, uh, specifically as, as a power source and uh, maybe hydro as well. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it was interesting to see uh, local elected officials have different viewpoints, but at the same time agreeing that it's inevitable that we have to move away from natural gas towards the future.
0: Yeah and uh mayor uh East Hampton mayor Nicole LaChapelle La um you mentioned her earlier um she was kind of talking about the four prong approach about uh I think it was solar wind hydro and geothermal and some of those geothermal projects there's actually uh I understand a pretty exciting one that might be piloted in this area.
1: Yeah um it, the the keyword is might okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> with 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 that um uh, heat as I mentioned earlier earlier uh, organization based out in Cambridge are doing a pilot for geothermal um, in a community somewhere in Massachusetts mm-hmm. one of the sites they are looking at is Holyoke among probably several other so the the I don't know what the chance is that Holyoke will be chosen but at, at least it's being considered and that's that's Pretty interesting. Um, essentially, um, uh, what would happen is uh, it could produce a, uh, the majority of heat for that community.
0: And how does that work? They dig, they dig down some holes and such. Yeah, they
1: they drill boreholes down. I believe it was a maximum of five hundred feet down where the gas. Utility lines already are in the streets. And from you're you're essentially getting that energy from the earth, Mm. Um, just the pressure that's built up underground. Because um, the further underground you go, the hotter it gets. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's 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 not like we're drilling into the mantle. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, or, so or, it's, the Earth's not mantle. Like, yeah. it's not that far. We're not down.
0: creating new volcanoes here, but <laughs> but there is energy to be had uh, a little yeah. bit beneath the surface.
1: Yeah, because it's it's all just pressurized, uh, compounded over, you know, uh, the crust. So so it's uh, about the maximum uh, depth is 500 feet. So it's not. To great uh, lengths that they're going down there.
0: So you were so you were saying before, um, you know, that these projects, uh, you know, may be taking place, and that Longmeadow in particular had, had taken steps um, to delay or, or even prevent some of these projects. Uh, you know, where where do some of them stand right now?
1: Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, there was a project that is in its very early stage uh, that was proposed in, I believe, West Springfield. Um, that's, I believe that was like six miles of pipe that was proposed by uh, Tennessee Gas. That's, that's an unrelated project to suit to the 261 um, that I, I found on uh, Kinder Morgan's website through uh, various documents. And um, that, that's really in its early stages. So who knows if that would even be a possibility. Um, the, the 261 project is moving forward. Um, there's also a deadline. Um, by the end of the year, right? Yeah, by the end of the year. That, uh, let me just see what that was referring to. That was So essentially, uh, for the 261 project in Aguam... There, uh, there's basically uh, on Kinder Morgan's website they said construction would begin in March 2020, the loop uh, for the Looping project, and then there's a replacement project for May of 2020, and um, but there's also the issue that they haven't necessarily filed anything, and they have the the end of the month, I believe. Um, with the state to, to file those. So who knows if they'll meet that initial deadline they proposed on their website. So it, it seems further out than it actually uh, what was initially proposed. So it... At this
0: time, it's gonna have to kind of wait and see what happens. It's a it's a complex it's a complex scenario with natural gas that d- doesn't seem to have as bad a reputation quite as, as coal or oil, um, but certainly is a is a is in the sights of of climate activists who are hoping for renewable um, sources to, to be more the energy mix. At the same time, Massachusetts' number one uh, energy source is natural gas at this time and um you know the of the people you talked to it sounded like most people believe that we should wean ourselves off of natural gas however long that takes how do we do it well the how we do that uh, essentially by
1: investing more in uh, renewable energy sources over a period of time that that's what a lot of people uh, who i interviewed for this story uh thought about um um, but uh, many people have different approaches, and I, I think uh, the grouping, uh, that so-called so, so called four-tier system of renewable energies, I, I think communities have to look to see what works for them, what's applicable. And um, I think there, there are a lot of options, um, uh, but it's going to take time, obviously, and a lot of investment uh, locally and from the state and federally as well, so... Um, you know, I think, I think we're moving forward, but uh, uh, whether that's fast enough with
0: the, the current climate crisis ongoing, uh, that's a matter for debate. Well, Chris, um, thank you very much for your work on this. Could it happen here? Gas explosion in Merrimack Valley hangs over new pipeline efforts. You can check it out in the Valley Advocate. You can also check it out at valleyadvocate.com. Thanks again. Thank you.)
1: Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit us at valleyadvocate.com.